You ready to let the dogs out? What? Do what? <laughs> let the dogs out. You know, like, who let the dogs out? Who, who? You're listening to the Victory Bells podcast. Yep. It's made with bits of real banter. So you know it's good. With the latest in everything Red Raider sports. I almost numbchucked you. You don't even realize. Hey, Ma! Can we get some meatloaf? Here's Will McKay. You know, I'm just a just a big, hairy American winning machine. If you ain't first, you're last. And Matt Clare. Hey, guys. Oh, big golf, huh? All right. Well, see you later. What is up, everybody? Welcome into this week's edition of the Victory Bells podcast. I'm Will McKay, and he's Matt Clare. And uh, this week, we're starting things off with kind of a new format on the podcast and, and going to kind of try to go forward with something that's a little bit more stable instead of me and Matt just kind of sitting here rambling for, for an hour or hour and a half, which we have been known to do from time to time. So I'm uh, going to start it off with we're going to do three different segments. And the first one, we're going to talk about Texas Tech headlines. We're just going to call it that. Just Texas Tech headlines is the first segment where Matt and I are going to kind of riff on uh, the biggest headlines of the week in tech athletics. Second, we're going to do a segment called off the radar, which is just kind of some some sports stories from the week or from the last couple of weeks that really stuck out to, to Matt and I, or maybe even not sports stories, but just kind of three things that really stuck out to us or whatever. And then the final segment is going to be recruiting questions, which for this week, I just kind of popped some questions from the recruiting chat and just kind of did it that way. But moving forward, I'm going to ask you guys for questions on the site on, uh, on Mondays moving forward. So... So yeah, that's kind of how we're going to do it moving forward. And uh, before we get popping on this thing, how uh, how you doing, Matt? How you doing, my man? Doing really good, man. Not as uh, busy as you guys in Lubbock. All these uh, basketball and, and baseball games I, I see you guys covering. It's a busy time of year for you guys, huh? Yeah, man. But the thing is, like, I'll admit the last couple of years, it's really kind of sucked because basketball at this point in the year last year and the year before they're just not playing for anything and you're just trying to finish the year out so it's just kind of a chore where i'm just having to you know run between basketball and baseball mm-hmm. and, and all this kind of stuff but it's so much more fun and i'll admit i'll be the first one to admit that that i enjoy it so much more on a duh like obviously when basketball's doing as well as they are and, and how much fun that is and at the same time how good baseball's doing beat sam houston state uh Tonight we're recording this on on Wednesday night, so so good to see them get off to a four and one start. So yeah, man, I think as as anybody that works in sports or ever has worked in sports would say, it's just just like it is for fans. It's so much more fun and enjoyable whenever the teams you're covering are all winning. So I cannot complain about any of that one bit. Well, so I think that's where we wanted to start with some yeah. of our headlines is is focusing on the basketball team and and i'm just going to ask you questions because i've i've certainly watched the last few games on espn uh down here in houston and and i've followed all the the updates and the conversations on red raider sports but i mean give me an idea of the magnitude of of what these guys are are accomplishing right now i mean it's uh i, I saw just from a social media perspective i saw the lines uh back there to chitwood and weymouth and and i hadn't seen that since you know back when i was in college right. and bobby knight was hired you know um and so so I mean, definitely a lot of momentum with the program right now. I mean, what what was it like being there, kind of covering these games and in, in this uh, this last stretch? Dude, it's 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 like the craziest thing ever because I think you look back to 
kind of late late January, mid mid yeah, mid late January, right after Tech loses to West Virginia and you lose to Baylor at home. And at that point, you know, I think you're sitting at 13 and eight, and you're just kind of like, well, okay, I guess you just kind of start looking down the schedule to say where can they get, you know, two to three wins and, you know, kind of toss up a prayer to get into the NIT. And at that point, you're just kind of hoping for a 500 year for 15 and 15. And it's just so much funnier looking back at it on this end of things now at this point where they roll off five straight in conference and it's just, I just didn't see it coming at at all. I mean, I, I, I say, I say that. Tech played really close in basically every Big 12 game this year, except for at Oklahoma. They were in every single game. It just it, it gets to the point where I think whenever you, they keep losing all these games so close, even the Kansas game in Lubbock was a super close game up until the last two minutes. I think you just get so worn down, and you just don't think they're ever going to get over the hill. And then they finally did it, and they haven't looked back ever since. Ever since then, so. I think that the the most fun thing I think for me is just seeing all these kids that I've gotten to know over the years, uh, especially a guy like Todrick Gocher, where they're just having so like they're just having so much fun just going out and competing, and I think they all really really like each other. They have a ton of chemistry, and it's all just clicking for them right now. And and they're playing great offense. They're playing great defense. They're just playing. I mean, they're just playing great all over the floor, man. And it's it's just so much fun to get to watch them play right now. And and that's that's the coolest thing right now is is they're just playing with house money and and right these years are the best years I think as a sports fan or as covering sports where you're getting what you didn't expect and you don't know what's coming next so it's all just kind of a thrill ride you know from here on out which is I think is so much fun so so for me someone that that casually follows the team I mean you mentioned a guy like Gocher obviously you've got a couple of senior leaders um, but. But talk about Tubby specifically. I mean, he's getting a lot of the praise for turning this thing around. But, you know, as I watch and someone that's not, you know, certainly a, a guru on basketball, but I look at guys like Justin Gray and Zach Smith who were, you know, in terms of the recruiting world, right? I mean, they weren't overly heralded. I mean, no, I, would, not at all. I would equate them to, I don't know, your average three-star they're recruit. Middle, yeah, they're that's fair. Pack guys. That yeah, that, that's fair that. to stay on. Yeah. yeah. So, but, I mean, the fact that, the fact that they're doing what they're doing, and, and I'm sure I'm missing some names, but the the point of me saying all this is maybe maybe could you walk us through kind of the the foundation and yeah. and some of the 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 infusion of talent that's kind of happened uh, to to the team this season as well. I think I think the thing where this really stems from first and foremost is, and and ever since Tubby's been in Lubbock, I think he's always preached defense, and that's always kind of been the thing that they, that he wanted them to do first and foremost, and. I think all your guards play really good defense. I, th- I think you have a guy like like Zach Smith who can block any shot from just about anywhere on the court if, if he's around it. He plays good defense inside, and you just you don't let anybody have really any easy shots. Other, I think they have some problems with threes every once in a while, but but for the most part, they're not going to give up a lot of easy baskets, and they get they play so tough. I think both on offense and defense where. They just kind of keep going, and there's there's not really any give up in them, and they all have great motors, and they dive for balls, and they always are fighting for second chance rebounds, and, and they get a ton of those, and, and it's really why they've won a lot of these games is they've gotten a lot of second chance rebounds, I think, but it's just so much fun watching the system, and I think it's like you said with Tubby, I think it really all starts with him where he got all these kids, I think, to buy in even before the year started. I think they all bought in, and it just took time for it to finally all get to where it was going. 
and now it's just kind of all coming up in space for you. Now that all because all these kids do exactly what Tubby wants them to do. Like I said, they play good defense. They all hustle their tails off, and they 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 uh, I'm trying to think of the word. Uh, they just know they're going to have to overdo it compared to other teams. They're going to have to outperform their talent, which I think they do uh, on a night in night out basis. And it's just so much fun to watch them play as a group because you can tell these guys all really mesh so well together and they're all on the same page and they spread the ball around and that's what's just so much fun about this team. All right. Well, uh, on that same note, man, uh, I know we got to kind of move on from basketball. Right. Uh, but I, I saw the number, uh, just I guess a yes or no or a seed type of question. I saw a few numbers floated around, but even, even before this run, I thought that it, it was stated that, you know, Tech wins these next – three of these next, whatever, that, right. that they've got a great chance. So now that they've already won those and, and they're kind of, like you said, playing with house money, obviously playing Kansas Saturday, but but what does the rest of the schedule look like and, and what do you see from these guys? we got three games left in the regular season. you got at Kansas on Saturday, then then uh, at West Virginia next week, and then the last game is the senior night home in, at Kansas State. And, and at this point, I think Tech's in like pretty solidly. You know, even if I think you lost the last three, I think you still would be in just because of how high your strength of schedule and your RPI and all that kind of stuff's going to be. So, I think at this point, you're playing for seeding really more than anything. So I think obviously a win against Kansas would the no-brainer would be like a, a gigantic not just this season but like an all-time program win that would vault you up pretty high, like to like a five or six seed, I think. But I think right now Tech's looking at like an eight seed is kind of what the the consensus is, and I think as long as they win one of these last three, they'll be an eight seed. If they win two of the last three, I think you're looking at seven or six. So uh, the the one game I think you look at as a game you expect to win is the one against West Virginia, or not West Virginia, sorry, the one against Kansas State and Lubbock, and then anything else is a bonus. So uh, really excited to see what happens there, man, because I think at this point, like I said, you're just playing for seeding at this point, and. It's just, it's so much fun to be able to finally, because not once when I was in school did they ever make the NCAA tournament. So for me, it's just fun to get to, you know, play around with, you know, oh, well, what if they play this team or this team or if they end up in this bracket kind of deal, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, I'm i ready to I'm ready to see it. I, I think that, you know, everybody loves March Madness, so... Uh, regardless of, I mean, it, it just makes it that much better when Tech's in there, and um, you know, a, a run would be a lot, a lot of fun. But I, I'm having fun watching them, even as a casual fan, and uh, I know that everyone on the board's excited. So appreciate you giving us some more details. Man. Don't uh, you don't get to take a break though, because we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna jump right into baseball. Um, it it actually got started. I think you mentioned the guys uh, after tonight's win against Sam Houston uh, are four and one. So. Um, without, uh, without explaining the whole deal, um, you know, are there any, I don't know, any, any new names, any, any guys that, you know, really stood out to you that, uh, that maybe weren't around last year? Uh, I think first and foremost, I'll just say with the, with the hitting lineup, you're basically seeing all the same names you did last year, maybe just kind of switched up a little bit. The only two guys I would say that are, then the two guys that are that are newcomers are Colton Sanchez, who's a catcher, and he'll flip flop with Tyler Floyd kind of on a daily basis between which one of those guys catches, and then uh, Trey Ochoa, who's a true freshman that's going to play second some and come in and, and, and come out, and uh, him and Michael Davis are going to kind of flip flop at second. But other than that, it's kind of the same thing as what you saw last year as far as uh, the lineup goes. You're going to knock the cover off the ball, I think, this year, just like you did last year, and you're going to be able to score. 
just about with anybody. You have as much power as anybody else in your one to five or one to six or whatever. But uh, I think that's the, that's the best part. The, the thing too about I think the thing too about the pitching rotation is where you kind of really look at all the new names. And the first one that really stuck out the most to me over the weekend was Ty Harpino, who pitched the the first game on Saturday, who's a true freshman. And he only gave up one earned run, and he struck out seven, which you just don't see true freshmen do, even guys that are, you know, like top 50 recruits that end up signing with uh, a college and and I ended up playing uh, in the majors. So was really impressed with him. Uh, the same thing with, uh, with with Lanning, who pitched on, on Sunday, who was another guy that's a true freshman, and he didn't give up an earned run. So your, your starters altogether only gave up four total runs, only two earned runs over the weekend. So I think you feel really good about your starting pitching. And that's really kind of what's stuck out so far. We'll see what kind of happens with the bullpen. Uh, but I think this team has a lot of, has a pretty good chance to be uh, as good as they've been in a really long time. All right. And then last thing on baseball, uh, I th- I'm sure you had seen it before, but uh, maybe for the fans that haven't seen it or aren't aware of all the latest updates, you know, tell me about that black turf and the the new video board out there. What's it looking like? So the the video board is like it's not if you haven't been out to Rip Griffin, I guess in even even this year, it's just a night and day difference in what it was because the new one makes the old one look like you know like a twelve inch tube, you know like mini TV compared to what the new one is. So. Uh, really good looking screen and really has uh, really up to any on in game presentation. Looks great. Um, as far as the turf goes, man, it's you know gorgeous looking turf. I like how they did the uh, the stripe pattern, you know, all over the the field. I'm, I'm a big fan of that. I like that. And uh, that that dirt. The weird thing about that dirt is, I think on camera it looks more black, but in person it's kind of like a super super dark brown. So oh, okay. it's, it's yeah, I mean it, it throws you off if you don't see it in person. But it was it was an interesting take. I like it though. I mean I like the new turf. It looks great, and uh, I think it, the kids really like playing on it. I would guess it probably doesn't play as fast as that old turf did because I think that old turf was still astroturf. So um, got it. But yeah, man. I mean, I think just just really excited about to see where this year goes because you got the same lineup like you said, and you got some new pieces in the pitching rotation. So just really, really excited about this year. And and I think can be as, as far as talent wise goes, probably the best team you've had in in a really, really long time. Wow. Okay. Well, good stuff, Will. So the the last of our three headlines certainly was the addition of. The, uh, the new assistant coach on defense, the, the new defensive backs coach, Carl Scott, right. who came over from Louisiana Tech and, you know, it was, it was rumored that uh, another, uh, couple of guys were, were in the mix and, you know, the, the Kingsbury and the staff are back at, uh, Law Tech hiring another coach. So, uh, you know, it's been, it's been a little up and down, some good, some bad, you know, a lot of guys, uh, leaving and, and needing to be replaced. So, uh, anytime they, they do add someone, we, we've got to take a closer look. And, you know, on the surface of things, it, it looks like Scott really has, uh, worked his way up to this type of position. Right. And, um, it'll be interesting to see what he brings, uh, to the staff. I, I don't know a whole lot about him, but, you know, again, uh, Texas native and, and someone that has been coaching and recruiting in Louisiana for a lot of his coaching career as well. Right. So uh, from a recruiting standpoint, you know, he's got the experience there uh, from a, 
just a, a bigger picture of a, a Gibbs getting to, to hire his guy standpoint, you know, there's that too. Um, you know, the, the one common thing we've gotten to all this is law tech, you know, you, you kind of yeah, like trade, kind of like trade coaches and then you do the Jaluk thing and, uh, you know, you kind of see where you're at, but, uh, Carl Scott coming in is certainly a, an update, but I want to say, I mean, we're kind of given a loose definition of a week here. I mean, it's been a little over a week, correct? About a week and a half, yeah, I think. A week and a half. All right. Well, I mean, I think everybody's just kind of chomping at the bit to see some more offers. It's uh, you, you wake up and, and you notice the, the rat race, if you will, of, of the daily updates, and it seems like uh, some of these schools are just offering six kids a day, and, and we're not seeing uh, a whole much. It's kind of crickets on yeah. the end. So, so you know, other other, other than that, I mean, I, I would like to to see these guys hit the ground and and start talking to some kids. But I, I believe I think you had talked to to maybe one or two guys yeah. and possibly Drew that that had already heard from Scott. So, it'd be interesting to see you know who they go after, you know where their comfort zones are from a location or a you know geographic standpoint, and and really at the end of the day, how these coaches split up some of these dis, uh, different uh, areas of Texas as well. Yeah, no doubt. And, and like you said, I think uh, – well, first, I think the, the interesting thing was when, whenever they first announced Coach Scott was had been hired, you know, Coach Luke hadn't been announced at LSU yet. So we kind of thought I, – I was kind of like, all right, well, I guess they're really going to go, you know, kind of yeah. balls to the wall with Louisiana. But it, it kind of turned out that the reason they made that hire is because I think they knew that Coach Luke was going to leave. And, and Cliff made a point of uh, of saying, you know, at one of the recruiting events, the the one in Midland that I went to, that he made a point of saying that, you know, he was cool with Jaluk leaving. You know, they were, you know, fine with that, knew that was his dream job, and uh, weren't didn't blame him at all. So, so that was good to to kind of see that he left on, you know, kind of a good note, and there wasn't any bad blood there. So, good to see that. I, I think with with Coach Scott, like you said, I've already talked to two or three kids that have heard from him, including. Uh, Taiwan Swain, who's a junior college guy from College of DuPage, who's a safety that's actually a 2016 kid that would be a late addition, which that's what they're looking for, is a DB or an offensive lineman as a late addition. So I thought that was interesting that he already heard from him. And then a couple of Louisiana kids that are all DBs that had, that had heard from him and a couple that had heard from him whenever he was uh, at La Tech and kind of kept that going now that he's, you know, at out here in Lubbock. So, so yeah, I think he's already hit the, the ground running as far as evaluating kids and getting in contact with kids. And like you said, man, at this point, it's just, you know, we just need to get some offers. So we have some more to talk about. <laughs> yeah, but no, but certainly welcome to, to coach Scott. And like we said, just time will tell kind of what, what type of kids they go after. But, um, you, you've got, uh, you've got, uh, Patrick, you've got Robinson, uh, you got Spavadol, you've got Gibbs, and, and now you have Scott. So Full defensive staff. Yeah, you know, we'll see what they do from a, a defensive GA standpoint. I know Dewhurst is still around, and, and he helps a lot with the defensive backs and as Sam, well. Sam Fajoko is still around. Too, Sam Fajoko is still around. Got it. So, you know, you, you've got you've got your guys over there, and, and I really think that, you know, aside from coaching staff and responsibilities, you look at the, the sheer fact that, from a, a, a depth standpoint, they're gonna they're gonna be required to play at least a half a dozen uh, true freshmen uh, on the defensive line and linebacking front seven. So, you know, these guys have a a, a big project on their hands, and and with a smaller class, I, I mean, I, I guess you know you can say that they can be picky, but I don't know. For me, right now, you need to get out there and you need to make those offers. There, there's not, um, you know. 
not everybody gets a diamond in a rough, right? I no, mean, so, no. so you know, you got to get out there and make some relationships. And it, it doesn't always happen perfectly, but I think right now is the perfect time. And I, I don't know the official dates, but I do think it's sometime later in April where the coaches will be able to get back out on the, the I road. I think it may be the very last week of April, as a matter of fact, I think. right? Which it's, I think it's right whenever that high schools all start doing uh, – when high schools start doing spring football. Correct, correct. So so we'll definitely have some more updates there, and uh, over the next month or so, we'll have the Rivals Camp Series as well. So, you know, some new stuff will pop up, I'm sure. Um, we've, and some we've kids seen, may visit, too, and, and that may yeah. lead to some offers, too, so we'll just kind of see. Yeah. So, anyway, those are our three headlines. Yes, they are, and uh, that's it for Tech News this week, and moving on to Off the Radar, which is kind of our segment, like I said, where... We talk about you know a couple of subjects that kind of caught our eye in, in the the sporting just kind of the sporting world in general from the week or just kind of some headlines that we want to discuss and I know some some headlines that you guys on the site have discussed quite a bit. So first up, just want to talk about the Joe Mixon incident, which obviously over the last two years has been detailed and and gone over a hundred times, where Joe Mixon was suspended for the 2014 season. Uh, after he allegedly punched uh, punched a girl, uh, I think out at their bar scene, if I'm I'm correct, I, th- I think kind of looking at what I've said from it, but uh, he was suspended for that whole season, and then they didn't really let him talk to the media until the end of the year, and it was kind of a big deal whenever they finally did because they basically told the media that you couldn't ask him any questions about uh, the incident and kind of what all happened. So the reason that we kind of brought this back up, and this week there's kind of been uh, a big hubbub about it is is so the surveillance video from the incident back in 2014 was kind of ruled originally that it was a private video that wasn't available to, uh, you know, public domain or anything like that. But on Monday, the Oklahoma Court of Civil Appeals decided to rule that it was a video, a, a public video. And so they ruled it was public, and then there was a second comeback that was ruled that it wasn't public. But... The reason that we all kind of brought this up is that I know that there were a bunch of people in the Oklahoma media that got to see the video, and just based off of the guys I've talked to and, and just what all those guys I know from, from up there in Norman have said, they've all said that it's pretty rough, and it's kind of, the word I heard was, you know, very similar to the Ray Rice video, and in in the uh, in the legal brief, they describe it as, you know, he hits this girl and she hits her head on the table and then falls down and he walks off and that's it. And then she asks, she kind of lays there for a little bit. So, I mean, it's it's very similar to the Ray Rice situation. And I guess the thing that I wanted to get into to on this was, so when that happened with Ray Rice here, I guess it's been two and a half years ago now, um, everybody's kind of initial reaction was just to kind of go with what the NFL did, which they suspended him for four games. So everyone just sort of assumed that, uh, I guess I would say, they just kind of assumed that it wasn't as big of a deal as originally thought. But then once the video came out, once TMZ released the video to public, there was almost an immediate just like storm of outrage. And, you know, it ended to really to ruining his career. And uh, it's just, it's it's one of those things where when you see something as opposed to, you know, having it described to you, it just is a totally different feeling and i think the question yeah. now is if the video comes out you know does oklahoma change their stance and what kind of happens i mean I, I can't get into all that all i can say is you know i would 
I don't know. I don't want to sound holier than thou or anything like that. I'm, I'm not trying to do that. But when I'm online, okay, and, and even if you, you brought up Ray Rice, like I don't, if that scrolls through my feed or if that's a link or something, I don't go and, and find it. Like right. I, I don't go and watch that video. If it comes on the news or if it's on Sports Center, you know, obviously I'm not going to rush to change the channel, but, um, I think, you know, we talked about the severity. We talked about this, that, and the other. I mean, it's pretty simple. You don't, you don't oh, hate I agree. women, right? I, I mean, well, and, totally and, and so I just think without going into detail, I, I thought that whole situation, I thought it was embarrassing how it was handled and how, um, yes, uh, it's not fair that a kid, oh, poor Joe Mixon, his career, you know, what's going to happen next? Well, I mean, we all make mistakes and we have to learn from them. I feel like he should have, uh, I feel like he should have, faced a, a little bit more punishment if the visit video is as uh, severe and i think that it's to me it's odd you know obviously i want uh, to, to the right thing to happen but i i think if you take a step back it's kind of odd that so many people do want to see it right i mean i don't know isn't that isn't that something that needs to yeah. be discussed as well like let's uh let's question the the process and the system that allowed you know, no criminal charges and, you know, uh, a year away from football while you can still go to school for free and live here for free. I mean, it's no, uh, it, very disingenuous. So, I mean, for us to talk about it now just seems a, a little bit late. But all the, the weird part to me is like we demand to see it and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I think those are also people that do think that the, the justice will come if people can see just how, how bad it was. But at the end of the day, I think there's two sides to every story. No, he should not have hit her. Also, read there could have been some racial slurs thrown in there. And obviously, everybody had been drinking. So you and I have tipped back a few as well and probably done things oh, yes. that, that we regret. No doubt. You know, I agree. Yeah. Never got to the uh, punching her right in the face nope. level. Nope. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I guess it's I guess just, that's all I've got to say about that one. I don't know. But just for me, it's like. And, and not everybody's, and, and I think the hardest thing is you have to realize not everyone's wired the same as you, but at the same time, that is just not something that will would ever cross my mind. I don't think that, okay, well, you said this, all right, well, time to, you know, give you one, you know, right to the, you know, right to the face or whatever. I mean, it's just like, I just... In the face. Yeah, I mean, but like, seriously, it's just like... I, I just don't know, especially as, an, as a kid, I think kids don't realize... And even NFL or even professional athletes don't realize how much they have to lose by making one or two stupid decisions and what that can ultimately cost you. Oh, I mean, forget will forget NFL athletes. Look at these kids on Twitter. I mean, oh, wow, you I know, agree. it's a you know everything we talk about these videos and what this that and the other. They need to realize the the, the age of media we live yeah. in. You know, you can have a pristine video taken from an iPhone. Everybody has an iPhone. Right, you can quickly load it onto the internet or any social media platform. In and, ten seconds, and, anything and can be on the any, internet. Yeah, yeah, any in, in, embedded to any website, they're forever. Right, so um, I don't know. I mean, some of these kids are out here doing the most. Like, hey, look at this tweet I tweeted seven minutes ago. Hey, everybody, look at this one. I mean, so so yeah, I don't know. I mean, it to me, it's it's pretty simple. You know, you gotta you gotta control what you can control, and uh, I just feel like a lot of it's out of hand, especially. With the stuff like, uh, with the stuff like this, you know, and uh, I agree. you got the, the the story at Tennessee and all that that I know we're not going to get into, but it's I mean, the I think thing. the same, exact yeah, the same, same thing. The, the same thing goes for our next topic too. You wanted to talk about the the Gronkowski thing. 
um, about him and the, the, the boat and all that. But, you know, he gets to do all this stuff and people just say, oh, it's just Gronk, you know, whatever. Oh, it's so funny, you know. And he's on all the talk shows and Instagram and, and all these, you know, whatever, right? right? I mean, I don't even know what the latest thing is. But, you know, and then all of a sudden if uh, – if, uh, I guess the comparison that, that you saw made if, if Cam Newton does the, the dab – Oh, he's a, a gangster disrespecting the the game of football, you know. So yeah, and, uh, it's crazy, man. Yeah, and and so basically, if y'all don't know what we're talking about, so Rob Gronkowski had this big like party boat cruise thing, like the most basically the most Gronk thing that could ever happen happened over the weekend and over the last week, where he just had this big like party uh, cruise boat thing, and it was a bunch of you know twenty or thirty year old people, and and it was it was the thing that you would like I said that you would expect him to have in the off season, so. Um, there's all these videos of him dancing and acting a fool and and all this stuff and being you know just a goober basically and I I think that's kind of where this kind of starts is I think because of how he acts and to be honest whether I mean whether it's right or wrong I think because he's never ever been like in any kind of you know like trouble for anything I think people just kind of are like oh ho Gronk just out there having a ball you know out there just have just being a you know just out there being a meathead having a good time. And you know what? That may very well be the case that, you know, that's just him having a good time. And, you know, I mean, like you like we talked about earlier, you and I both like to have good times and, and, you know, have fun and do all this kind of thing. But the thing that came up this week and, and the thing that I think it's worth mentioning and worth thinking about is several NFL players tweeted out, well, what if Cam or what if Odell Beckham, what if they would have had a party cruise? You know, what would have been the reaction nationally to that and i think it's worth mentioning that it probably would have been the polar opposite where people would have said oh what are these guys doing you know uh acting a fool you know being a bunch of you know being a bunch of idiots you know uh not being responsible and i it's it's just so hard to talk about because i think it comes from two different veins and one is and i think the one that i've heard you know some smarter people mention is and whether it's right or wrong, and I don't, I don't think it is. It's right that people expect quarterbacks and tight ends to, you know, they have different expectations for those position groups. Where quarterbacks, people just naturally expect them to be, you know, the the white knight in shining armor, the, you know, just the guy that's the face of the franchise and is kind of the squeaky clean whatever. And Cam, you know, has some baggage from the past. I mean, totally admittedly, you know, issues of Florida, whatever you think about what happened at Auburn with him, and then. Uh, you know, he, I mean, he kind of showboats and he has fun and he does all this kind of stuff on the field and he, you know, he makes statements and, uh, I, I just think that the perception is just so totally different and it's, it's just worth questioning, you know, why, why is that, you know, for two guys that are seen so differently yet really don't act that differently, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've heard people say that all about the position and. But I don't agree and, with and that. Whatnot. No, I don't agree with that either because that's all a perception thing. I doubt that's even reality. And, and I don't know. I mean, I think the results speak for themselves. I mean, if uh, if somebody wants to be flamboyant or they want to do this, that, and the other, I mean, you know, whatever he's doing is working. You saw what he did in college. You see what he's done, you know, quickly in the NFL. And, I mean, just from a sheer size and talent standpoint, I don't know. I mean, I, I hope he's remembered for more than – some dumb dance move that won't even be popular this time next year. So, um, I don't know. It's whatever to me. I mean, I don't pay attention to stuff Gronk does because I find it kind of annoying. 
but at the same time, it is cool because he's probably super rich and just having fun. Uh, but some of our, some of our greatest heroes, like I grew up a Cowboys fan. I mean, Michael Irvin was a terrible person, <laughs> yeah. terrible. And, and all those other Babe guys, Ruth. like, Babe yeah. Ruth, like people don't realize, like he was like Mickey an Mantle. alcoholic and, and they, all, all right. these guys were like bad, like sort of bad dudes at that time, you know? Yeah, no, and I know, and I mean that's not an excuse. I mean, I'm and just maybe, maybe I'm not saying bad, I don't bad expect news isn't like the right word, yeah, but I mean they were guys that weren't like squeaky clean. Well, I don't expect him to do. You know, I don't. Here's here's what I don't expect. I don't expect uh, TMZ or ESPN or whoever to uh, put up a video of him reading to kids in kindergarten, right? Oh, yeah. What sells, you know? Of course. And so when if he oh, allows us, drunk acting a fool, yeah. If he allows those people to be, you know, around and, and all that other stuff, then so what? He doesn't, he obviously doesn't care. Now, if Cam Newton does this, that, and the other, you know, maybe he is going to be scrutinized. I mean, I, I'm not sure. I don't see the big difference, but I also don't agree with saying, oh, it's a black and a white thing. I mean, because look at Johnny Manziel right now. No, it's I mean, more complicated people, than that. People, yeah. people think he's a real piece of shit. And, you know, wait till that video comes out, too, you know, so yeah, I, no doubt. I, I don't look at it that way. I just think it's just funny how we put it, try to put everything into our own little boxes. No, I know. I agree. And, and it's just and it's it's like we said that people create perceptions and then the media, I think, goes off those perceptions because they know what. And I mean, we're part of the media. I mean, we don't necessarily we aren't going to sensationalize anything. I don't think that's what we do. But I mean, for ESPN, you know, they have to cater to a very broad audience and, and it's very much about what is the big headline? What is the flashy thing? What is the controversial thing? And, and that's how they get, you know, get attention and get hits. And, and I understand it from a business standpoint, but it's just, it's, it's just so frustrating for me when I see just kind of, I mean, the whole thing where, where Gronk doesn't Gronk gets like praised for, it's like, Hey, this guy can go have a blast and you no, know, he just goes and has fun and all this kind of stuff. Act, and he's, you know, acts like a dummy. But then it's the polar opposite for a guy like Cam when he does the same thing. So it's I don't know, man. It's just and, oh, and it's I frustrating. mean the the fun. I'll just leave it at this. Yeah. In a city where the other awesome tight end turned out to be a murderer, like ah, oh, it's but a legitimate, just a loves to wear tank tops and party. Yeah, you know, yeah, no. it's cool, man. Uh, anyway, but. Uh, the the last uh, off the radar piece kind of speaks to this a little bit. I think you had this pulled murder. up. I noticed <laughs> yeah, murder too, uh, murder murder parties and partying murders. Yeah. Uh, but the the NFL draft uh, in the combine and all that is is going on as we speak. And and I think somebody started uh, releasing. Somebody did like is either tweets of a current player or yes. you know somebody did an interview to where they had these odd questions they're being asked. Right, yeah, and, and there's always been like lists of like odd questions. Like I remember from the past, there was one where they were like, "Do you wear women's underwear?" and, and like things like that. But like, so example, maybe. Uh, <laughs> so example, like this week, uh, Austin Lane tweeted out, who's a guy in the NFL right now, tweeted out that uh, questions he got asked. You know, if you could kill someone and not get caught, would you do it? Uh, is your mo- do you think your mother's attractive? And then other things that are a little bit more, you know, straight to the point, like, I see you have dreads. You like smoking weed, don't you? Uh, <laughs> another one is, if you had to murder someone, would you use a gun or a knife? And it, it's it's like, and it just goes on and on, like, what kind of animal would you be and all this kind of stuff. And, 
you know, people think it's like outlandish, and I agree it is, but I think the point of it is, is NFL teams are trying to pick your brain and just kind of screw with you to see if something rattles you or doesn't rattle you. And I think, I mean, if you remember when when the Dolphins and all that whole fiasco, whenever Des got drafted and asking his mom about, you know, asking him about if his right. mom was a prostitute and all those kind of things and how that blew up. And I think the questions have gotten less racy in the last couple of years with social media because, you know, guys obviously can tweet it out or say it whenever they want to and put all that stuff out. But I just think it's a measurement for the NFL where they're trying to, you know, rally you or they want to see if you give some wacky off-the-wall answer or not or if you sound like a sane person when you answer questions. Yeah, I mean, obviously different personalities are going to handle those way no differently. Doubt, yeah. So, so I mean, I think you're right to an extent. It's just to me, it's it's kind of funny. I mean, I'm I, oh, I think it's hilarious. You you have interviewed LaRaven Clark most likely, but from all indications that I've ever seen from even before during my times as a fan is that this guy's a, a man of very few words. He's a quiet uh, dude, yeah. Yeah, and pretty simple, likes what he likes and you know, I just trying to imagine that conversation. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I, I worked in HR for a better part of six, seven years and, uh, I've never, uh, I've never heard of these crazy tactics. But then again, you know, it's the NFL. These guys get hired and fired all the time. So they've got to try to put all their eggs into certain baskets and, and, uh, find out who their guy is. But I don't know. I mean, you look at different guys in the NFL now, look at, uh, how would Marshawn Lynch answer that? That's what how I would... think too. Or like, there's some of these guys that are pretty out there. Like, what do these guys give answers as that make you be like, all right, yeah, we should draft him. <laughs> I would use the knife, uh, you know, so I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's crazy. Anyway, I, I just thought that was funny. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't have the answer there, but I think you said, <laughs> I, I think what you said is more correct. They, they just want to get a reaction from these guys. No doubt. And uh, that's it for Off the Record, and we'll kind of move on to our last question, or our last segment, which, like I said, I'm just going to start taking recruiting questions from you guys from now on uh, for the last segment of the podcast. And for this week, I'm just going to take a couple from this week's recruiting chat, and moving forward, we will uh, we will ask for, for questions kind of uh, throughout the week. So uh, I guess first off, uh, from W Texas Raider, asks, will we take as many defensive linemen as we did this last year? Is it still the most important spot on the defense? Uh, as many, no. Uh, is it still the most important part? Yes. Uh, I think from just a, a depth or classification standpoint, um, you know, in a perfect world, all these guys you still need bodies is your thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, these guys come in, contribute, and, and you know, be able to, to show some more upside going into their sophomore season and beyond. But um, reality is injuries happen. Reality is some kids aren't just aren't ready or aren't physically big enough. And so, you know, we're, we're going to find out, uh, going into this next season. That's the, that's the big unknown. But I think absolutely the answer is yes. It's still the most important position in terms of recruiting. I would say five, uh, between defensive yeah, tackle and defensive end is a safe four, number. Five. Yeah. Four or five is probably safe. Just because I, I think you gotta, you really have to work on defensive back. I think this go around and, and you added four guys, you know, in, in the last go around, but I still think you want to add, or I guess you added three guys, but you want to add, I think you still want to add, you know, about that many again because you're going to have a couple, a big number of guys graduate in the next two years in the secondary. No, and and I don't disagree with that. It's just with no offers to speak of and a new it's defensive backs us, coach. Right? Yeah, I, I don't know because for all we know, they could uh, add this kid late 
you know, there's some depth there. But, I mean, you've got to remember a lot of these kids in the secondary still do have two years. So, um, in my opinion, if you're not getting the right kids, don't just end up with uh, another uh, guy uh, on your roster. Save the spots. No doubt, no doubt. Next question from C.D.C. DeWare, I think is how you say it. Sorry if I botched your name. Nailed it. Uh, Depth at linebacker is still a concern, so who are we going after for 2017? And before you get into it, Matt, I know you talked to Terrell Bernard, who's kind of the top target right now, a kid from LaPorte. So I think obviously he's the top target, but I guess it's kind of what are your thoughts overall on, on linebacker just for the class, and I guess Terrell too. Well, I mean, uh, that's the only real viable right, offer that's that's left out there at this point. There are some good linebackers in the state, not as not as many as last year, but then again, uh, another Jordan Brooks type of kid could pop up, and uh, we're gonna start to see some more of these guys at camps. I will say that uh, I don't know. I mean, I didn't get a great vibe from Bernard either. Obviously, he had good things to say about Tech. He certainly has a good relationship, uh, excuse me, a relationship with Spavadol, uh, but he, he very much indicated that there are other programs that are, you know, actively pursuing him, right. uh, versus what he's getting from the, the tech staff right now. So we'll see. Um, you know, they, they were in early. And so, you know, these things change, you know, certain recruits say certain things from one week to another. So we'll see what happens again, you know, after the coaches can get back out on the road. But for right now, he's a priority. Um, but I think it's still wide open. I wouldn't say that, um, you know, it'll be interesting because you've got you've got Dakota Allen, you've got Hinton. You actually have more then, pieces than I think people realize. Uh, yeah, I think I, I don't think the depth is horrible there, and I really do think I'm obviously a big believer in Jordan Brooks. Um, but you've added a lot of depth at linebacker in this class too, and Pacone's on campus right now so um yeah i don't and nobody don't, that's starting is older than uh is going to be older than a redshirt sophomore i don't think this next year so yeah i think dakota is he'll be a is, redshirt uh, sophomore yeah this next year okay so. got it yeah so yeah i mean and and so I, I don't know could it be better sure um and and then there um uh there's a the transfer kid from houston oh, is a linebacker colin hill no well oh, he's no, defensive no, end oh, uh, oh, uh yes the kid from houston i his last name starts with an S. I'm gonna. Get so I can't remember about, that guy. So, so I mean, there's been some positive reports there. So, I, I don't know. I just think that uh, I think that uh, you know, I, I think they'll be okay at, at linebacker. Uh, but in terms of this 2017 class, I, I think that you're gonna see some new prospects that are going to have to pop up because no they're going to they're going to have to compete for bernard and the other kids that they've offered or you know and I don't think 100 they, type kids i don't think they'd offered any of the guys that signed with them except maybe uh stringer at this point last year if i remember right maybe they'd offered brooks at this point too but those would have been the only two i think they would have offered at this point sorry luke stice is luke the, stice yeah okay there you go yeah so i mean yeah and who knows i mean you don't want to you know, you don't really, really always rely on transfers and stuff like that. But um, at the end of the day, the the guys signed uh, a pretty good class at linebacker. So um, oh, you, yeah. you add that to, to what Hinton was able to do, and you take a look at, uh, you know, some of these kids coming in. Like we said with Brooks, uh, you've got Kevin Moore is another guy who might not be your prototypical linebacker but can help in some of these different packages that yeah, they can no put doubt. up with. You could you could rover him around as a, a nickel and, and blitz him as well. 
And that's the thing I'm excited about Kevin with Kevin is, and I think with Jamil Johnson, because he's going to be a redshirt freshman this year too, is, is those are guys you can kind of move around and do some cool stuff with if you want to. True. So um, you want to take one more or two more? Shoot, man, I'm, I'm ready to go. Okay, all right, easy enough. Uh, my <laughs> morning jacket asks, with only one spot left on the offensive line, who are the top targets? I mean, I think you start uh, with Casey Verholst, yep. and then obviously that's you know something something that you're trying to focus in on right now. Uh, but just kind of going through, and and I hate to go back to it, but coaches are going to be out on the road again, and and Hayes might pop back out to Pennsylvania or, or anywhere else. So you know, keep that in mind. But uh, a few other kids have popped up on the radar, and I mean. I just think that what they're going to try to do is close on Verholst, you know, get him to campus and and I let him that, know that's that, the that's the the top target, the first right, thing, yeah. obviously. And then beyond that, I would just say, um, right now is is way too early to say, hey, these are their top guys. But clearly, you know, pie in the sky, best case scenario would be you know Grayson Reed type of deal, which you know I understand is highly unlikely, but. Uh, if we're talking about who the coaches are still sending letters to and still, you know, sending messages to and talking to on the phone, these are the guys. So, um, you know, you look at that and, um, you know, the, like we said before in the last podcast, Coach Hayes isn't in a, a too big of a rush to right. finish out that class. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And and I, I think, too, that I think he can he can take his time, even I think with Verholst, if, if you know, if he – wants to you know wait it out he may just wait it out for the next four or five months until he just really finds a guy or even sees a guy in the fall you know that he wants to offer and wait to pull a trigger on a guy because when you already got three guys committed and all you want is a tackle i think you can wait yeah i mean we'll see i don't know i i you know especially when you're just looking at a tackle there's so many kids you know throughout the state if you just look at who hayes has gone after at that position i mean it's not like Bruffy was was getting offers thrown at him left no, and right this yeah. time last year either. So you know you look at kids that are that that have the frame you know that that he can maybe redshirt sure. and put some weight on. You know I I think you look at those six 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 seven kids that maybe they're only pushing two sixty two seventy right I think now. Burholz would be that kind of kid, right? But yeah, but that's okay, you know. And so uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, Verholz's comments to Drew were were pretty telling, but yeah. we'll have to follow up with them soon. And and those those visits are coming sooner than we think. I mean, that's only two three weeks, two away. weeks away. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, M A double T asks, I know 2018 is far away from here, but what do you feel about chances of landing BJ Hansford or Verone McKinley or both? I'm going to say both. I mean, I've met, uh, I haven't gotten to know Hansford, uh, but obviously I think that, you know, the, 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 here's a good and bad part to this, right? The, the good part is more tech legacies are actually coming to tech. The bad part is it means right. we're getting older. It means we're getting older, <laughs> and these guys that <laughs> were these guys that were players at tech and all that, they now have children that are really good at football. So guys that have um, been players at tech both in our lifetimes. Well, but I, I yeah. also think what's important about that is is as they were growing up, you know. It wasn't all about the past two to three years of tech football. It was more about they you know were, back they were when raised in it, yeah. the yeah they were raised from two thousand to two thousand I don't know seven ish right uh, and and they saw you know a successful or a, you know a different Texas Tech program. So you know there's there's good and bad to that as well. But 
I don't know, with, with McKinley, I, I feel like he is going to be a kid that gets a lot of offers. Uh, but these are kids that they grew up going to tech games. They grew up, you know, around that. They, they know their fathers were a part of that. And, um, you know, what's funny is even, even coach Emmett Jones, we've talked about it in the past or I've written about it. You know, he was a walk on at tech and right. all these guys were the right, same right. age as well. So it'll be pretty interesting. I mean, you got Jalen Rager this year, uh, and, and, you know, it, it would be kind of good to continue that tradition and you can't go wrong with some of these kids. I mean, it's funny. You don't hear a lot about, about, a, uh, Hansbard, uh, but he's at DeSoto. So there's some kids that are just simply in front of him right now, but he should be able to start kind of making his mark. And, you know, he's a young kid playing on a, on a big stage. So I think I expect good things from him. Uh, we'll have to follow up with him and just kind of see how things are going. But I imagine he'll be at rivals camp. And then the same thing goes for uh, Verone. So um, I don't know when it's been since you've last seen him, but, I mean, he's got sweet feet, and uh, even Deion Sanders himself said it. So there's a reason that LSU's already offered him, and he looks like he's literally 14 years old, which he right, yeah. might be. So it's it's pretty crazy. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, we'll do one more, and this one is also from My Morning Jacket, and it says, do you think Dawson Deaton ends up as a center more than likely? Um, I don't know. When I went to watch him play, he was playing guard. I don't know what his history is playing center. I know that Lee Hayes doesn't really care about the experience as center, though. Um, I've talked to a lot of kids that told me they've never snapped the ball, but I'm willing to go do it for Coach Hayes if he wants me to do that. So, um, you know, we'll see. I I don't know what the plan is there. I think he might have mentioned something to you during the interview, but Uh, knowing Dawson, I don't think he he did. I think he just said interior, and I think that's just what Hayes has told them is interior, just in general. Yeah, I mean, you even see, uh, you know, in terms of what they're going to do this year at, at center, you don't have some kid that's a true, I've been a center forever, you know. And you really haven't of, taken uh, one of those guys. Either. No. Yeah, at all. Well, and even uh, Jack Anderson is, has been always talked about as an offensive center, but he won't end he up won't play playing center, center either. Right. So, so we'll see. I mean, I, I don't think, you know, for them to get a guy like that or to – to coach him up like that, all it takes is some muscle memory and some practice, and you can teach a kid to snap. That's what they've got to do for emergency situations, and they've got to do that, you know, for practices all the time. So I think they'll be fine. All right, cool. Good deal. That's it this week for Twitter questions, and I think that's about all for us. Anything else you want to get into before we close this thing out? No, let's see some more offers, coaches, if yeah. you're listening. I know you listen to the podcast, <laughs> Victory Bells, every week. So you every made it to this far. week. That's right. Let's offer some more All kids. Right, I agree. Let's offer some more kids and have some more talk. Yeah. Some more to talk about, I should say. I'll let me enunciate. To talk about. Yeah, to talk about. Anyways, thanks so much, guys, for listening. This is the Victory Bells podcast. I'm Will. He's Matt. Hope you guys have a fantastic weekend, as always. See ya.